Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bruce Campbell, and you are listening to The Horror Returns. Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Alright, welcome back one and all to The Horror Returns. I'm Lance, and with me as always is my co-host Brian. So, And we're not alone though, because tonight we're joined by a very special uh, guest. It is Super Marcy herself, in the midst of like seven podcasts recording in, in a row, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I'm uh, the busiest person who's unemployed. <laughs> Unemployed? How the fuck yeah. can you be unemployed in Australia? Uh, you can have a, uh, a very painful disability with a, you know, a chronic pain condition and no one wants to hire you. So they, I, have to whore, I have to whore myself out with podcasts and Oh, shit. God. <laughs> oh, my God. All and right. You know, well, get a trophy husband who can <laughs> make the money. And Steve Irwin's gone, so that's out of the question. Yeah, I know, right? So God damn it. Have to stick, got to stick with someone who can uh, support my craziness. So, <laughs> so what, all, what all are you recording uh, tonight, today, midday, whatever time it is for you there? Yeah, well, before like coming on The Horror Returns, I was on... I did a guest spot on a podcast called Cage Rage which is obviously all about Nicolas Cage, someone we all love very dearly. So I was very excited to do that. And then, yeah, I've got to record uh, my Patreon exclusive After Dark, which I know you guys have given a shout-out to. Uh, It's the very adult podcast, so you're not supposed to wear pants when you listen. (laughs) (laughs) So give give us a sneak peek. What are you going to be talking about this week on After Dark? Well, this week, uh, if all goes according to plan, I'll be chatting with our good friend Tim from Horror for Dummies, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, sex for dummies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I at least I think is gonna end up turning out. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, we've got some um, because we're trying to stay you know ahead of schedule. So we'll be recording you know this week. Uh, we'll be recording the Ausploits cast, which is the um, deep dive series we've been I started about uh, Ausploitation films. And then, you know, we've got our monthly fan-voted commentary um, coming up as well, which will be uh, goes live next week. And that one we did, Troubled Productions, so we'll be talking about The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen which is actually a film my dad fucking loves for some reason. What a, what a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> it's not great. It's enjoyable for the wrong reason. 
great cast. Oh, Terrible go. film. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it should be fun. We, we always have lots of crazy shit going on at the Super Podcast, uh, as do you guys, with Brian doing about 100 podcasts as well. So, yeah, yes. all good fun. Yeah. Well, uh, Brian, I know that uh, Naz is out tonight because of his internet's down. They're having a like a monumental heat wave in that in that part of the country. Or is any of that? Are you lucky enough for any of that global warming heat wave to be hitting Alaska right now? Uh, yeah, the the opposite kind, because it is not sunny, raining, <laughs> and very miserable outside. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much Melbourne. Normally. Oh man! <laughs> but we're, we're in the midst of winter. We're having one of right, the coldest right. fucking winters right now. Like shit. I'm. I want 108 degrees. I mean, you know, back in my like hometown of Adelaide, it, it doesn't doesn't really get that cold there. And we'd have like you know heat waves of like you know over 100 degrees for two weeks. And I used to work in you know uh, dry cleaners and it would be twice as hot in there because we had no oh, air gosh. conditioning we're working in steam and i'd go outside right. in the you know 104 heat to cool down <laughs> so i i'm like I, I i'm not as good as dealing with the heat as i was then but i want it so bad now i hate the cold i hate this much cold oh man well you'll uh you don't have too long to wait you guys We'll be in, in the summer when we're in winter, so, you know. Yeah, you'll get your... Mel- Melbourne will warm up at, like, December instead of September. It's... That's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> we're the stupidest fucking area. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what all the flat earthers think about this. Like, do they think we're just bullshitting right now or what? Yeah, no, we've, uh, we're imagining, like, <laughs> everything. Right. What? What? This is it. I don't understand. What possible reason do we need a conspiracy to trick the world into thinking the world's flat? <laughs> what do we get out of it? Nothing. Fucking move on, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. Mm-mm. All right. Uh, well, Marcy, you know how the show works. We start out oh. with, with Cool of the Week. I'm sure you have several, right? And they're, are they all Nicolas Cage involved, or? I wish. I wish they were. Um, no, my first call of the week, it's not necessarily something, you know, that's on uh, a movie or anything. It's just beads Nicolas Cage levels of rage <laughs> <laughs> over you guys just not, <laughs> not liking uh George Romero's long-lost film, The Amusement Park. <laughs> oh, oh! I'll talk about it here in a few minutes. Uh, just basically, because Bede gave it five out of five. He thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Master stroke of cinema. <laughs> Made okay. it not. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I didn't. <laughs> but, you know, Bede fucking loved it. <laughs> Um, some guys I know uh, who do podcast um, and video stuff in Australia, they uh, did a reaction video and they, you know, had the same feelings as you guys. And I sent it to me. <laughs> so angry. And then when I heard you guys, um, I think it was uh, Brian and Philip, and you had a guest uh-huh. on, I can't remember his name, just were like, what the fuck was this? And then the <laughs> man's like, 
what was that? That was fucking terrible. And I'm like, oh my god, beast rage is giving me life. <laughs> <laughs> so that had to be one call of the week. Okay, I'm putting it in the notes. Beads rage. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, Bede's rage, um, amazing. Like, you know, Bede is my best friend. He's my co-host. But he's, he's so adorable when he gets angry. <laughs> oh, I don't get it. What what did he love about that so much? Did he explain it to you? Like, are we missing he, something? Or, Brian, we're missing just, something. He just thought, you know, it's like this you know, really well-told story and how he sort of metaphorically does all this stuff. You know, I think he's got a review on um, uh, what's it called Letterboxd. Okay. Um, so he's fucking in love with this. Uh, it, it's not really I – don't, I don't really think it's a movie. I think it's a PSA because that's what it <laughs> fucking is. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's just fucking obsessed. And any time he gets angry, it's funny. I love you, Bede. I love you so much. Love what you love, Bede. Rage over whatever you need, mate. You're the nicest person in the world, so you're allowed. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm guessing the amusement park is not your cool of the week. No. <laughs> um, I guess the usual. I really fucking loved Loki this week. Yes. Um, phenomenal fucking episode. Loving Loving the show. Not at all what I was expecting. Um, it's just been really good, a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, I don't, Yeah, Brian, you obviously watched it. I don't know if you've been watching it as well, Lance. I just finished episode four before we came on oh, the air. Oh, so you got one more to go. go. Yeah, and then the finale, the finale Wednesday. See, that's what I hate about this. You have to fucking wait until Wednesday for six, so now... Do I watch five tomorrow? Do I watch five Monday? Do I watch it Tuesday? Now I'm in a conundrum, and this is what I was trying to avoid. <laughs> well, you know what? Back in, um, you know, in the, event, the invention of TV, it wasn't until streaming services started making shows. I mean, we had to wait week for week for everything. We're just spoiled shitheads right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, can't wait for, um, the finale and my other call of the week, um, which is probably, I've only been doing like mostly, uh, podcasts, uh, research in terms of watching, but, um, yeah, the Fear Street part two, I thought was fantastic. I had just as much fun as part one and I am just waiting so anxiously for part three. Um, they're just good sort of like fun callbacks to the Fear Street books, which I read uh, mm-hmm. growing up. And, you know, throwback to like 90s slashes and 80s, 70s kind of horror. Um, it's a lot of fun while telling this really interesting kind of central story. So, yeah, they'd be my cools of this week. Yeah, Brian, Brian had a lot of good things to say about Fear Street. Are you caught up, Brian? Oh, yeah. Uh, was the second as good as the first for you? Um, I still kind of enjoyed the first one a little bit better, but they upped the body count in the second one, and <laughs> it was a good 70s summer camp slasher movie. And, uh, yeah, I love it. I'm waiting for, uh, what is it, 1666? 1666, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, they're really 
it just so much fun came out of nowhere. Like we didn't even know like they were making this and then suddenly a trailer and it's out soon. Like, whoa. Right. Just yeah, showed I, up, you know? I didn't even I didn't even think they were gonna go R rated with it either. Yeah. It it was so much more brutal than I thought. And I actually um tricked my trophy husband um <laughs> into watching um part one. I didn't tell yep. him it was horror. I just said, Oh, you know, Okay, you remember Fear Street is by R.L. Stein. He, you know, he broke goosebumps, and I didn't say it was horror. Then it started. Oh my going, god! With the oh, name yeah. Fear Street, what the fuck did yeah. he expect? <laughs> and he's very—he doesn't like horror. He's very like—he <laughs> can't stand the blood or anything. But he only looked away once, and I think you know what scene it is in um, part one. But he didn't really—he just cringed a lot in part two. So he's getting better. I'm like. Well, it's taken four years, but you've watched, you know, some more horror with me, so <laughs> can't complain. Um, I was going to say something about Fear Street Part 2, and then it, like, I lost it. Oh, no, wait, yeah. One thing I don't understand, like, you get all those, like, summer camp, you know, horror movies, but I've never been to camp or a camp. I don't get this whole camp thing at all like during school when i was 10 we went on like a camp for a few days and it was fucking horrible i'm like what is this shit i've never understood you've got all kinds of fucking snakes and stuff coming after you i'm sure this is why we don't have crocodiles obviously (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure they're sort of like week-long camps but we don't have like you know, the three months off in summer, it's more like six weeks. And then, you know, when kids are in school, it's a term um, is like 10 weeks and then they get two weeks off and then you're back for the next term kind of thing. So there's not a lot of time for like a long camp, but I don't know. It's just never something I did and I just don't fucking get it. They look horrible. And where are the adults? Are you leaving teenagers in charge of teenagers and think nothing's going to go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. But anyway. (laughs) All right. I don't want to derail your show. Fear Street. Uh, Hey, Brian, I've I've only got one this week. Do you want me to jump in and get it out of the way? Because I'm sure you have several. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I only got a couple. Um, Although, actually, I do have a not so cool of the week. Because I promised you I would mention the amusement park again. So, uh, <laughs> I was going to say rage. <laughs> what in the fuck? What was I watching, guys? I mean, I was laughing at this thing the whole way through for all the wrong reasons. This is atrocious. What the fuck is, does Bede see in this? I mean, oh, are they trying to... They're trying to make some kind of social commentary, but it's like all the things they're doing to the elderly are, are done to people of all ages in this country. I don't oh understand God. what makes it so special. I mean, shine the light on it for me, Marcy, because you talk to Beat a lot. So what what's what am I missing? I, I don't I don't know. Um, I did watch it and I haven't really said much about it um, just because I don't want to piss Beat off. <laughs> um <laughs> But what I think kind of, like, if it was an actual film, not a, you know, 50-minute PSA, I think there's, like, some really interesting ideas, like how you've set up this amusement park to kind of reflect this elderly treatment. But 
it, it's probably too on the nose. Like, I think it's very obvious what it's trying to do. Like, overly obvious. And I think that's the problem. Whereas um, you compare it to, say, the, the you know, social commentaries that you find within, like, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn yes, of the Dead, yes. for example. Like, it's there, but it's not in your face there. This was in your veins injected so obvious. Um, and I think if it was dialed back with how obvious it was, I think there could have been something a lot more interesting and um, hard-hitting. But there are parts where it is kind of really goofy funny, um, so for me, it's kind of a mixed bag. I didn't think it was shit, um, but I didn't think it was fantastic. I think it was just too, like, <laughs> too obvious. Right, but right. Again, when you're looking at it, you know, 50 years later, you're like, but every fucking person who is not a rich old white man basically gets treated mm-hmm. like shit. I it's know. It's not just old people, is it? Everyone. And that mod, that 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 uh, guy at the beginning that gave the speech, mm. that uh, one day you too will be old. So think back as you reach your elder years. Yeah. Do you want to be treated like this? I'm like, I guess I'm missing the point. I I don't know. It it. Sorry, Bead. You're gonna yell. You're gonna you're gonna send us all <laughs> kind of hate messages, but not not my cup of tea. Wasn't your cup of tea? Look, not uh, my cup of tea. Middle of the road. I think I might actually rewatch it when I'm more awake. But yeah, those were the things that kind of struck out at me. Like I, I love George Romero. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. Just for you know how unique and different a lot of absolutely. So, but I think this is just like he didn't give a shit. Like they gave him the brief, and he was like, it's, it seemed that way, didn't it? Yeah, he's like, whatever, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, and then nobody fucking saw it. I, <laughs> you know what, though? I will I will say this. At least I got a laugh out of it. Um, I, guys, I've had the most, one of the most de- depressing weeks of my life. Um, between reading, I'm rereading The Stand. I'm about a third of the way through that, and that is a dark, dark and depressing book. Um, one of the films, one of the films we're going to talk about tonight, (laughs) very, very dark, very depressing. Um, and I didn't know if I was going to bring this up quite frankly, but, um, there's a, a, an Amazon series. Um, uh, Marcy, I don't know if you guys get the same series on, on Amazon there. Have, Have you had a chance to see, uh, them? Oh, no, I haven't, but it is um, it is um, out here. I think most of the sort of Amazon-produced stuff comes out at the same time here mm-hmm. for some reason mm-hmm. here. Okay. But, no, I um, I have seen, like, the trailers and stuff, but no, I haven't gotten around to it yet. So you did watch this one. You know what? I Usually for my Cool of the Week, uh, Brian, and you, and you could attest to this, I try to bring up something that's fun. Um, you know, something that, uh, that I had a lot of, you know, enjoyment watching, um, yeah, something with Dane DeHaan or something with Dane DeHaan or Dane DeHaan. (laughs) Speaking of Dane DeHaan, I did watch him in uh, something and all I could think about was Horror Returns. 
Oh god. <laughs> and he's, he he hey. go, was going fucking fanatic levels insane as well. He he's like, a he's oh. a rising star. He's I'm sold. He, he could he could be the next Nick he could be the next Nick Cage, Brian. He fucking whoa, could be, actually. Whoa, whoa. I don't know yeah. about that. He's got he a long go way as go. crazy, but he's a more, you know. a lot more heroin to inject before he gets yeah. to that level, huh? I mean, it's oh, not like man. cage level, but you know, it's a, a very sort of cage esque like lunacy. In uh, I don't know how to say the title. Is it Lissy? Lissy story? Oh, uh, Brian, help me out here. That's the that that's also based on a Stephen King work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Lizzie's. Lisa, not it yeah, could be Lissy. Well, once I watch more episodes, I'll probably work out mm-hmm. how to say it. But um. Yeah, that that's gonna be the next topic for the King Zone, and then obviously, uh, yes, we'll be talking about the Stand after that. Uh, so you, you just decided to wait. reread it, didn't you? Yeah, that's why I'm rereading it for that's your. That's on you when show. it's so dark. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> you're. You know what? And, and and I am so glad I'm rereading it too because as I started the new um, the new miniseries, this the uh, Paramount Plus uh, version, I thought, wow, they just got it spot on. They they just left out oceans of uh, character development. That, that I mean, you just can't get the same thing from a book. But when I opened my nook, it said uh, fifty six hours forty two minutes to complete the the reading, and I, I'm a third done. And I that's I mean I've taken a couple of full days to get that far. So there's there's just so much in in that book, but. Um, no, the reason that I bring up them, Marcy and um, Brian, I know you've seen it, and I think you, I think you mentioned it to me first. Actually, it's not the feel-good uh, show of the year for sure, but I think everyone needs to watch this show. I, I, I honestly feel in my heart that this is something that's one of the most, one of the most important works, one of the most important, you know, shows that I've seen in, in a really, really long time, and it's. Um, <sighs> I could see how certain people might watch it and, and become defensive and think that they're trying to say things literally that perhaps they're not trying to say is on the nose as you think. But you, you guys were, were talking about the amusement park being way too on the nose and like, you know, overly so. This is this is the exact opposite. It's incredibly artfully done. If you think about it, it it's haunting me so much that I, I do want to go back and rewatch it from the perspective of knowing how it ends now. And, and, and it, it took me up to episode five to understand what was really going on and understand why some of the shots that they had in some of the early episodes were there and things like that. You know, I, I, I don't want to give anything away at all, but um, <clears throat> I do. I, I, I've gone out of my way to avoid what I would consider trauma uh, porn type films or, for example, a Serbian film. What's that one? Hundred Days of Solemn or something like that, mm-hmm. where they have to eat shit. I, yeah, help it's, me out. It's, it's uh, what are they? Yeah, they eat shit. There's food laced with fucking razors in that movie. Yeah, just so so much misery that I, yeah. I I I won't put myself through it. I refuse to. So this particular show i started watching it because it was on amazon it was recommended to me by several people and didn't know what was going on in the first three or four episodes but once you get about halfway through the series you're you're kind of to the point where things start happening that just really hurt you and it's it's incredibly incredibly painful to watch 
um, particularly as the show progresses toward the end. But then once you start realizing what it's trying to say and you, you understand particularly one episode that is sort of like a flashback episode. And then when you, you think uh, the title of it is covenant and you start thinking about what that means and you hear a particular line from a particular character in the second to last episode, it's just, um, I don't know. I would say it's one of the most brilliant, brilliantly written series that I've watched in many a year. I, don't know if it's going to be my top. Actually, the stand might be because I enjoyed that so much. But it's uh, it's up there. I mean, if you if you want to feel every possible emotion you can feel and just put yourself through absolute and complete hell, <laughs> but come out at the end and 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 realize that you feel like you you've just learned so much and you've seen some perspectives that you really hadn't taken into account before. It's, it's just a brilliant, brilliant piece of art. It really is. Marcy, you've got to watch it. I will have to check it out now. So got to throw, throw some love to it. Uh, them, it's cool of the week. Uh, all right, is that it, Lance? Yeah, I think between the amusement park and them, I had enough abuse for one week, man. <laughs> okay. Excuse the sounds in the background. It's my asshole neighbor constantly mowing his lawn (laughs) in the snow (laughs) this fucker never i mean he doesn't give his chance his grass a chance to grow i mean but we we don't get along so i think it's out of spite he just does it now come on brian last brian last week you said and i quote i love everyone even my neighbors except yeah except him Except that, Except that fair guy. Enough. Yeah, that guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, fair Street was my one of my uh, cools of the week, uh, but I'll go with my other one. I checked out uh, Black Widow uh, the other night. Not the best Marvel movie, but it was fun to watch. Uh, it's great to see her back in the role. Uh, there was a lot of good action. Uh, a lot of good characters introduced. They did do the, if you've heard me speak of my opinions on what they do, Marvel does with their villains. They did do one of those things that really pissed me off because I was excited for the villain and I didn't like where they went with it. But I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, yeah, if, uh, you've been keeping up with the, the Marvel series. I know, Lance, you just caught up. So uh, the the end teaser will you'll 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 understand the end teaser. It sets up something else with another character, and uh, I think that's all. Oh, I also checked out that movie Censor. You guys heard of that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, how how is that? Uh, it, it's set in the the video nasties uh, period, and um, very great looking movie visually. Um, you do kind of figure out where the movie's going halfway through, or at least I did, but I really enjoyed the way it ended, and uh, if you get a chance to check out Censor, it's a pretty good one. So is it a a British film, then? Yes. Yeah. Video Nasty is a bloody British thing. Um, Yeah. It's um, it's on... I've already actually made my list for 31 Days of Horror for October, so it's on the list. Ah, okay. I've got to wait a few months, but I will be watching it. We going to do that again this year, Brian? Of course. Of course. (laughs) 
All right, I'll probably watch Censor before that, though, because um, I have it available to me. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's a slow week for me. Oh, I checked out a couple episodes of Resident Evil Infinite The Darkness. animated one? Yeah, I don't like it. Ugh, too bad. The, the animation kind of takes me out. I thought they, they bill it as an anime, but it's more like the video game kind of animation. Yeah. And I it just was I, I didn't care. I didn't it was taking me out and then the story was just I'm more looking forward to uh, Netflix's uh live action series that they're doing. So I'll probably just wait for that. I don't know if I'm gonna finish this or not. Netflix is doing a live action series. Yeah, they're doing a live action series and I believe there's a movie also coming and they're supposed to be it's like a revamp. You know, more faithful to the video game. Okay. So, uh, I don't recognize a lot of the cast. I know, uh, I know Lance Reddick's in it. He's one of the main uh, actors. So, mm-hmm. like him. So, uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Slow week, slow, slow week for Brian then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, maybe you'll uh, turn it up a notch with a few horror headlines. What do you think? Yeah, uh, this first one caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, I meant to mention it last week, but uh, Lovecraft Country was canceled after one season. Mm. See, that goes totally against what I heard, because I heard a rumor that they were going to do a second season, but go in a different direction. So yeah, I guess that... they... Go ahead. No, I guess they changed their minds, huh? Uh, the HBO did. Uh, the creators, they had a season two mapped out. It, there was going to be alternate realities. There was going to be zombies. Uh, they they had like a whole thing planned. And well, HBO just pulled the plug. The, the good news is there's plenty of other networks out there. Yeah. Uh, fans of The Witcher, uh, season two is coming in December on uh, the 17th. And they also announced uh, two prequel, uh, one prequel movie and one prequel series. The movie will be an animated movie titled Nightmare of the Wolf. And the prequel series will be titled uh, The Witcher Blood Origin and will star Michelle Yao. Hmm. Okay. Never never seen it or played the game. What about you, Marcy? Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I mean, Henry Cavill is very delicious, <laughs> and he has white, shock white hair, right? Oh, he, he very is, lovely. He is good in it. I, I did see the first season. He is good in it. Yeah, yeah. Never played the game though, so I yeah, don't understand the references. Played, yeah, I haven't played the games or anything, but uh, I know where he can toss his coin. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for After Dark, right? <laughs> I'd just be dirty somewhere in this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Peacock is going to be the home. For, <laughs> there you uh, go, Marcy Peacock. Peacock. Fun word to say. Poppycock. That's what they should call it. Poppycock. <laughs> the Poppycock <laughs> Network. Uh, Universal, their movies coming out of the theaters will be exclusive to Peacock in 2022. Mm. I did say that. Yeah. Okay. Also, 
st- uh, anybody that has stars uh, coming in 2022 uh, Lionsgate will be their exclusive home. So, oh, okay, interesting. A lot of a lot of theaters picking uh, streaming sites. So, mm. streaming wars continue. Uh, this goes with uh, our review from last week. Uh, Frank Grillo may return to the Purge franchise. <laughs> you, you guys were just pining away for him last week. You and Philip both, I think. I love Frank Grillo. <laughs> I saw him in something recently, and I didn't even realize that was him. What 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 was it? Was it something that we we watched for the podcast a few weeks ago? Or yeah, God, what you- was it? Fucking saw him in something. I'm like, is that oh, Frank uh, Grillo? Uh, my soul to take. That's, he was the. He was like the sheriff or something. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, you 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 guys revisiting that film also got me so enraged because he's like, really? that movie is shit. <laughs> is that what he said? Oh yeah. Sorry. I, I um. I haven't rewatched my soul to take for a while, but I fucking hated it when I saw it. I, hey, so sorry, B, but I remember <laughs> truly hating that movie and rewatching it. I kind of had fun with it. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious I, to watch it again now. I, 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 I missed it. Vampire in Brooklyn. I missed that show, guys. I was I was out of town that weekend, but I watched both films, and I got at least I got a few laughs out of Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> so, the vomiting California condor in the classroom kind of fucking jumped the shark for me in that one. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, kind of threw in a couple other things here. This one's non horror, but uh, Lance or no Phil, you were talking. He was talking about uh, the Tomorrow War. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, they're developing a sequel, so ah, it was quick. Yeah, he he didn't really sell me on the movie. <laughs> not not really, huh? Uh, even though he said it was good, just he did not sell me on it at all. I think Nez loved it. Uh, Nez said in, in, in Nez's words, "That movie was fucking awesome." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it gets the Nez seal of approval, which. As we all know, <laughs> could mean one of two things. <laughs> and could, finally, oh, go ahead. It could be it could be brilliant, or it could be the next amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if he's seen the amusement park. Nez, let uh, us know. I'm sure he has. He might be on the B train with that movie. <laughs> I doubt it. I hope not. Well, you never know with Nez, as as Philip <laughs> likes right. to say, never can figure that guy out. And our last little bit of news: the Scream, the new Scream movie, has officially wrapped. It was one hundred percent done, but we will not get it until January. Okay. Well. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> All we know is it will be 100% better than Scream 3, Lance. Ah, uh, Scream 3 was the best of the series, man. You are high right now. <laughs> not nearly, not nearly as good as the Pet Cemetery remake, but not bad. Yeah, we have our opinions. <laughs> it's okay for yours to be wrong. <laughs> That's what they like to tell me. Are we ready? Are we done with news? You ready for trailers? 
Yes, sir. Marcy, you ready to take a trip? Oh, yeah. Let's go to the trailer park. All right. Brian is going to bring us the big, the small, and sometimes the very, very weird. What do we have going on this week, man? Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the new Ted Bundy movie, No Man of God. This is coming from Elijah Wood's uh, SpectreVision. It also stars Elijah Wood, uh, Luke Kirby, Alaska, Pata, Paladino. This is where I start fucking up people's names. <laughs> and Robert Patrick, directed by Amber Seeley and written by Kit Lesser. Marcy. Do we need another Ted Bundy movie? Probably not. <laughs> um, this one does look like it, it does seem very different, but mm-hmm. look, I love Elijah Wood, but for some reason, I think he's aging backwards because in this trailer, <laughs> he looked fucking 12. Um, I, I just, I, I couldn't he's look past the fact. Yeah, I could not look past the fact that he looked 12 again. Yeah, he looked like he's not old enough to be interviewing Ted Bundy. Yeah, I'm like, why is a 12-year-old interviewing a serial killer? Something's off here. Um, but the, the Luke Kirby, I think, is Ted Bundy. Like, he looks great. Like, I think he looks like it's going to be a good performance. And it's sort of like, I guess, you know, that sort of Hannibal Lecter-ish type of... Uh, mm you know, thing going on. It looks interesting, but do we, how much more Ted, Ted Bundy do we need? <laughs> and why does Elijah Wood look 12 again? It's for his school paper. Fucking oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it was freaking me out that he looked so young. What, what I did for my summer vacation, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed Ted Bundy. <laughs> when I was 12. Lance? Uh, I, I was pretty surprised, quite frankly. Um, I had no idea that this had anything to do with Ted Bundy. And the way that the trailer started where it's – I thought it was going to be more of like a religious uh, horror-type oh, movie because – um, yeah. yeah, I thought maybe he was going to be like the son of a preacher or something like that. He was listening to the good old-time gospel on the car radio there and everything. And um, then they bring in Ted Bundy, and I'm like, What? Another another fucking Ted Bundy movie? I mean, we just had what Zach Efron, right? Playing mm. Bundy recently, so And then the Which, documentary series. Yeah, this well, looks a this looks a lot like the, the Zach Efron one to me. It, it really does. It really does, man. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, is that I was actually having to squint at the screen like is that Zach Efron? Is he reprising his role? Is this like a sequel or something like that? But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm intrigued um, in anything that Elijah Wood is in these days. I mean, he he has not steered me wrong in many a year, uh, I have to say. So um, I'm all in. I'll uh, I'll definitely no, check great. it out. He's great. I just don't know why he looks 12 in this trailer. So funny, right? <laughs> it's so weird. He did not look 12 in maniac why does he look 12 here oh that's right and that was like fucking eight years ago right i know right what the fuck <laughs> yeah not a bad remake either by the way uh, i thought it was great i there were walkouts when i saw that at a film festival it was fucking brilliant love oh, i love it love <laughs> it when that happens mm. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of in on this one. Uh, like I said, I do think we kind of got this already with Zac Efron, but I think the performances will be pretty good. And um, Elijah is really into the genre. So when I when I know that his company's doing it, I'm kind of on board. Definitely. Which uh, when he says uh, he wants to do the Nightmare on Elm Street movie and Children of the Corn, uh, let him go, let him have yeah yeah go for it. So uh, I think this one comes out in August. Don't have the date on me here, but. This will be uh, coming soon, and we're moving on to our last one, which stars a voice cast of everybody that's ever been (laughs) in a Marvel movie. Mm. That is Marvel's What If. Marcy, what did you think? Uh, Yeah, I am all in for this. Um, I mean, it's going to be very sad because, you know, it was uh, the last thing Chadwick Boseman did before Mm -hmm. he passed away. Um, but I, I love this, the whole like concept of what if, and, um, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, so Bede and I did a guest spot on, uh, web tales of Spider-Man podcast. And one of those issues was a what if, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with Spider-Man and the fantastic four. So there's definitely like, you know, the origins in the, the comics. And while that story was really weird and, whatever <laughs> obviously mm-hmm. this is probably going to be better but it's just interesting that they kind of have the you know they've weaved this kind of thing into the comics and now we're getting it like put in a show but with like the established like mcu uh, i think it's going to be very interesting um i do like this very different kind of animation style um but no it looks really exciting and i noticed how the ducks in there and i'm all in for that <laughs> bring it on Lance. This um this whoa what the fuck <laughs> was that was that that's somebody my, attacking Howard the Duck? Yeah, that's my dog going nuts. <laughs> he must have seen the duck. <laughs> oh my god! Um, we were just talking earlier about uh, the animation style on the Resident Evil, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it was like kind of like that a uh, computer generated type. Uh, you were hoping it would be more anime. Yeah. So this animation style looks like the kind that I grew up with and the kind that I fucking love, but taken turned up to 11 because I grew up on the old Disney movies like, you know, 101 Dalmatians, uh, Pinocchio, Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, um, all that really, you know, great hand-drawn animation which this appears to be. I mean, it might be... Compu- it, it, is this CG or is this hand-drawn? Do you, do you guys know? Sure. It yeah, looks very I'm hand-drawn. Not sure. I, I actually think it might have been animated in Australia, but I'm not 100%. Well, you should know. Yeah, I should know, but I fucking don't know things. <laughs> um, where do, I don't even know where I would, I would find this information out, but... Um, just what I heard. Well, I can tell you this. It, it looks gorgeous. The animation, mm. it just looks phenomenal. And it was so good hearing all those voices. Um, but I'm going to say something that's going to be a, a, a little bit controversial now. Mm. Um, and I'm going to say this in all, with all due respect to Marvel, because I know they know what they're doing. 
And for for fuck's sake, I know that eternal ATM machine called Disney knows what they're doing. But and, and this was one of my. By the way, this used to be a um, like a larger size comic book that mm-hmm. came out instead of weekly. I think it came out like once a month back in you know my day when I was reading comics, and I loved What If. Um, I even had a letter to the editor that was printed in one of the Captain America issues. Yes. That's so adorable. (laughs) Collector's item there. So um, I love What If. But between this, between what they're doing with Loki, between what they're – I'm thinking that they're going to be doing with the Doctor Strange, the multiverse, I'm wondering if Marvel is not about to jump the shark. Nah. Somebody's going to shoot me for saying this, but God damn it, when you take this many alternate and weird realities, it's like you can literally do anything, but you kind of throw logic out the window and it becomes a nonlinear story at some point. Um, it's going to be great to watch. It's going to be good to look at. It's going to be wonderful to hear those voices, but um, will it really mean anything at the end of the day, I guess is what I'm trying it, to it say. It might not, but it might. I th- think what if um is kind of acting as a bit of an introduction for more like the mainstream viewers as to what the multiverse is the multiverse is like a what if kind of scenario because we're heading into that direction um Mm -hmm. that's what i think you know what we'll end up getting out of this like I, i think it's there for uh, you know, that more mainstream type, not the ones that are, like, heavily into comics and know every fucking bloody multiverse in existence. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's just, yeah. My, that's just how I see it, but that, that, I definitely get where you're coming from, too. That's my only concern. That's my yeah. only concern is that are we, are we really getting to the part where we have so many different splintering realities and things going on that you can literally bring somebody back? Well, I mean, for fuck's sake, they've been doing it in comic books for decades, so why not, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Looks great, though. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, I'm. You know me. I'm on board. I I want to see these tellings of different stories. I'm all for Captain Carter. Mm. Um, I seen one of the stories uh, is going to be what if Vision was Ultron and had all the Infinity Stones. <laughs> that's a big that's a big one that's <laughs> uh, another one that looks like that I heard is going to be in here that looks great is uh, what if uh, Killmonger from Black Panther had a different upbringing mm. uh, I know people want to see him again Yeah, uh, he was a super popular character that mm. probably should not have been killed off spoiler alert <laughs> uh, we like you said with the multiverse we could see a different version of him I he mean, might even it's, it's, he it's he might even Jordan be Black Panther. Yeah, to bring him back, like Michael B. Jordan is one of the most beautiful men on the face of the planet. Like, <laughs> fucking just come at me. I don't know. We beautiful. were we were we were watching a movie with him the other night, and my wife left the room for about ten minutes and came back with a big smile on her face. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think we know why. <laughs> May I ask which movie? Oh, I think it was. Um, it wasn't one of the Creed, the Creed movies, but oh, something I was more about recent. To say that explains it. it was something more movies. recent. What was the What was the more recent thing that he was, was in? Was it one 
said he had it on Amazon or something. Oh, uh, no remorse. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I would like to see him do more of those movies. Those were that was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you might see that, man. I think it got pretty pretty high ratings, so I'm quite sure. I mean, my God, that guy who wrote the novels has written so many books, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I should check it out, and I'll make sure uh, I'm home alone now. <laughs> <laughs> he, or at least he, it's after he does have some uh, shirtless scenes in there, so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh Let's see, uh, Marvel's uh, What If, uh, August 13th, mm. uh, no, August 11th on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. I'm all in for it. Do we need it? No, but I'm glad we're getting it. Yeah. Just like uh, another series that's coming out on Disney+, Plus, uh, the Star Wars Vision series, where it's a uh, anthology done in anime style with different stories. Do we need it? No, but the animation and the artwork looks amazing, and... Mm-hmm. I'm always here for new stories, so. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, I'm very happy with that, uh, what is it called, Love, Death, and Robots? Yeah, that was a fun one. I I hated that it was so short, though, this season. Well, maybe we'll get another one soon. Black Mirror hasn't come out in a while uh, lately either, has it? Uh, Last season wasn't great, so. Ah, but we're overdue, man. Maybe they needed extra time to mm. put together something better. Maybe they can do sort of like pandemic. Uh, I was just thinking the, same, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That'd be perfect. It would. It writes itself. Come on, team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lance, we got listener feedback. You know what? We've got uh, a lot of listener feedback this week, so I guess let's get to it. I think a lot of people want to see the Fnatic uh, played out on video. So, folks, keep sending the reviews, but we've already reached our milestone, but we appreciate them anyway. Um, But before we go there, uh, as always, we're going to do the podcast spotlight. And this week it shines on Hellbent for Horror. Uh, and this is S.A. Bradley, and I'm a lifelong horror lover. This podcast combines horror history, personal observations, common themes, and cultural trends to tell a story with each episode. Here we talk about all things horror. Movies, books, comics, hosts, conventions. Oh, he got us at conventions. <laughs> the, door swing, the door swings wide here, and all types of horror are welcome. Uh, Each episode covers some aspect of horror with lots of viewing or reading suggestions for you to check out. I want to start conversations with people about all types of horror. I've been a fan all my life, and I love all the different styles. And you can listen to this one anywhere podcast or found. Again, it is called Hell Bent for Horror. (laughs) Sounds interesting, right? Yeah. All right. We asked for them, and we got them. (laughs) So uh, this this week, I I think I see, uh, I I sense a uh, fanatic video sequel coming on, and we haven't even filmed the first one. We have six six brand-new five-star Apple podcast reviews, so here we go. Uh, Super Duper Man. (laughs) This guy's like Psycho Gorman. Um, (laughs) I love scary movies, and these crazy people get it. 
keep listening, and that's from Kate Addy One. Oh, that maybe they're in Adelaide. Hmm. You think? Very nice. Anything's possible, right? Uh, but we were talking last week about how we tend to get more listeners from overseas than from the U.S., so it could be. Uh, all right, here we go. Always a treat. Horror movies, action. Oh, sounds like an action returns listener, Brian. Mm. Uh, and more. So much fun. And that's from uh, Tree to One. Uh, next review, Crazy Guys. <laughs> Wild and crazy guys. <laughs> These are podcasters out of the minds. So much fun. And I look forward to every week. And of course, that's from Kooky Cookies. <laughs> Thank you. All right, on to the next one. So much fun. Uh, I look forward to this one every week. The guys are funny and they know their horror movies. Love it. Uh, Ricky Rat Brat. <laughs> Maybe Ricky Rackman wrote that one. Do we know our horror movies? No, you don't. Yeah, they're being a bit a bit generous, but okay. Um, all right, next one. Great horror talk. These guys are awesome. Uh, the only issue is the show tends to run a little too long, too long for my commute. <laughs> okay, if you guys can keep it to an hour to an hour and a half, it would be flawless. Uh, great, great shows though. Keep it up, boys. That is from Gherkins 1975. So, only thing I'm going to say about that Gherkins 1975. Number one, thanks for listening. Um, we're not a syndicated TV show. We don't have editors that are telling us we got to keep it to a certain amount. Sometimes we just have to go with the flow. I mean, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we could be the binge cast and giving you four, five, six hour podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, talk about not editing anything. <laughs> All right, but we do appreciate the feedback. Um, so thank you again. And then our final one here, so much fun. Uh, these guys know their horror. Again, not sure if that's correct, but okay. Um, and every week is something new and hilarious. Great chemistry and great show. And that's from Witchy Woman. Ooh. I like the sound of that. Witchy Woman 1987. Was that, <laughs> is that somebody who's called into After Dark, Mercy? Well, they should if they uh, want to. Rare. <laughs> All right. Well, ho- hopefully Witchy Woman 1987 is listening. Yeah. Uh, all right, and now into the – oh, yeah, everybody, seriously, guys, though, thanks for those. It Thank definitely, you. Yep, help, helps our visibility on Apple big time. Um, okay, regarding the upcoming film Time Cut, what what is Time Cut, Brian? It's, uh, what is his name, Christopher Landon that did uh, Freaky and Happy Death Day. He's uh, doing love- like a Back to the Future style horror movie. <laughs> and uh, this person that left this comment, uh, I think you should come on and review that movie with us. Well, it was Tim Davis that left the comment, and it was quite simply a one four-letter word. <laughs> but that four-letter word is pass. <laughs> Come on, Tim. We'll review that and Happy Death Day and Freaky. Oh. All your favorites. Those, didn't he? All your favorites. <laughs> All right. Regarding HBO's cancellation of Love, 
Lovecraft Country, uh, Cherie Pierre said, no! Again. Fantastic show. Uh, again, there are other networks out there, and I don't think we've seen the end of this series. Just my opinion. Uh, and then we've got Jonathan C.T. Steele. Remember we read his notes last week, but we didn't know what he was talking about? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I cut and pasted. Okay. So he wrote back, um, hope everyone will join us Saturday, uh, 7-10. Um, uh-oh, that's now. <laughs> We're a bit late. Hopefully they're going to keep doing it. To have our full schedule set, special guests throughout the day and more the merrier. And we found out that this is for something called Crazy Train Radio. So I would imagine if you look uh, anywhere you find podcasts, just try to find Crazy Day, Crazy Train Radio, and this is their all-day movie marathon. So uh, hopefully they'll do it again. <laughs> By the time you hear this, it's done. <laughs> Uh, Scott Crawford says, wanted to give a huge shout out and thank you to the Horror Returns for sending me one of my new favorite movies, as well as Heather Powell, <laughs> who wrote them an iTunes review and told him to send it to me and said, he's talking about Psycho Gorman. Are you a fan at, at all, Marcy? I haven't seen it yet. What? I thought you liked Hunky Boys. I don't have time. <laughs> If it's not on a podcast list, it's so hard for me to watch anything because I'm too busy editing, recording, social mediaing, PRing, everything. Totally understood. I will get there. I love the movie so much. I bought another copy from uh, what's that company out there in Australia? Umbrella Entertainment. Umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Picked up one of their uh, oh. awesome yeah, artwork really on the slipcover. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fucking awesome. All right. Uh, Darren Wilson writes in, uh, Brian and Lance, uh, Glenn, Glenda in Seed probably has a British accent because they were raised in England. <laughs> See, we don't know horror movies. <laughs> we just I think I chimed in on that yeah. comment too. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Uh, I think I said, and the voice actor is British. <laughs> okay, well, we, st- we stand corrected. <laughs> and I met him. Yet again. Did I you really? And I him about it. Yeah, because he's one of the hobbits in Lord of the Rings. Now, and it- everybody would ask him about that. I come up and I'm like, oh, you were great uh, as the voice of Glenn or Glenda in uh, Cedar Chucky. And he just right? lit up, like, wanted to talk about it. I'm like, I know how Awesome. To get him. That is awesome. <laughs> so so is, is, is this particular actor also aging backwards? He still looks young. I think they all might just age backwards, maybe. It's a Hobbit thing. Yeah, it must be. We are only short people. All right. Uh, Darren also added, unless they changed it for the Forever Purge, the people who started the purge was the political party called the New Founding Fathers of America. So Jesus, we didn't know that either. <laughs> we should have known that. Man. <laughs> and this is why, Brian, when we were at Frightmare, we 
fucked up so badly on our trivia for uh, the Saw movies. Nobody knows that much about those movies. That was ridiculous. Well, the, there clearly was a team that beat us. and Yes. <laughs> if I were there, I would have won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to be there this year. I the Saw movies so much. I'm like the number one fan of Saw. It's ridiculous. Again, we we don't really know about horror movies. You guys don't. That's why you bring on like me, who like yes. makes you look. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, got to bail us out. Yeah, I'm here for you, fellas. <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen Loblad said, "Awesome show." Uh, Phil and Lance nailed it with their opinions on the world we live in today. I couldn't agree more. They want us to fight with one another. I think he's referring to last week's show, right? I hope so. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stephen also said congratulations on the 50,000 downloads. Thank um, you, sir. Yes. Uh, I think I came out around episode 40, but haven't missed one since. I dig all things THR. Keep it up, boys. Uh, in fact, uh, Stephen, thanks for always um, photo photo bombing behind our koozie <laughs> with, a, with a Coors Light can every time you barbecue, man. We, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, and regarding hitting 50,000 downloads, uh, Lars from Denmark says, keep up the good work. Kate Pollock, that's awesome. Congratulations. Matt Jones, congratulations. I uh, said quite a milestone. Uh, let's see. Matt Wood, awesome stuff, guys. Cameron Sullivan, happy for you. Philip Ferron, splendid. Beads, you're mine. <laughs> How did this fucker sneak in? <laughs> he said, awesome. Uh, Donna Nelly, congratulations. And Cindy uh, Sanabria, congratulations. So, Was Beads congratulations before or after he heard us talk about the amusement park? Oh, I think he retracted it. Oh, um, okay. I'm, I'm on Facebook right now trying to find new feedback and... Uh, Gone. Somehow it disappeared. Marcy, can you explain it? He was like, fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck them. I don't know. Maybe he did. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't be able to find a fucking comment in time. But <laughs> 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 uh, no, congratulations on a wonderful achievement. Thank you. Uh, well Thank done. you. Thank you. Um, full our, yes. <laughs> our show intro comes from Steve Carlton from the League of Geeks with a Z. Our artwork comes from Natsulani. If you'd like to help the show, please consider becoming a Patreon patron. Uh, we will let you pick the movies for a future show, and I'm not going to say any more because we have changes rolling out next week, Brian. Yep. Uh, announcements on Patreon changes next week. Okay, uh, maybe we'll do a crossover with After Dark or something. If you donate enough money, <laughs> you can you can just, really take just, your pants off. The After just, After uh, Dark. Just donate one dollar and they'll be you'll be convinced enough to <laughs> to go After Dark. <laughs> I'll ask you the most awkward questions. <laughs> that would be awesome, and we'll try to get it on video, right? Oh but, yeah. Problem is, YouTube is pretty tough, from what I understand, so we have to be careful. At least with um, our audio show, we get to do an explicit label, 
uh, which helps us quite a bit. Which I, I know you, I know you take full advantage of that, Marcy. Oh yeah, I, I can't talk without swearing. If I'm around children, it is so ridiculous. I'm beholding, you know, like Joe Pesci in Home Alone. Like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, no, that's why it's exclusively on our Patreon, so it can be very adultish. Yes, you have to to pay for that level of uh, stimulation. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know... As with you guys, having having a Patreon is just, you know, it's a way to give people bonus stuff and, you know, any little bit just helps actually keep, you know, the show alive because, you know, especially in my position not being able to work, like any bit of money just goes back into the show. It's like helping us mm-hmm. pay for, you know, yearly fees and stuff and it just it means everything. So I think everyone should at least, you know, Go on a Patreon, join someone for one month, see what it's all about. Hundred yeah, percent. That's why I've, you know, been on your guys' one for so long, and you guys have been on ours. So we, you know, support each other like we do. Yep, and you can just uh, try it out, dip your toe in the water, and <laughs> if you get pissed off because we say something you don't like, then back the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Of course, you you guys do like sixteen shows a, a week, so yeah, you know, exactly. There's a lot of expenses. There's so much going on on our Patreon. We have like the video versions of Two B Tuesdays. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And now, um, you know, because we have uh, we've been able to get some sponsorship opportunities. Now our Patreon stuff is ad free. We've had to make an ad free option. Very nice. Very nice. So you can yeah. see beep. Bead spitting out his water in slow motion, right? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. But there you go, yeah. Definitely All right. join the Horror Returns Patreon, guys. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> and definitely the Super Network Patreon while you're at it. Um, and the good thing about it is money works all over the world. So you can yes, you can donate does. in Australia. You can donate in the U.S. Absolutely. You can even donate in fucking Alaska, for fuck's sake. I know. In my country up here. <laughs> all right. And now, featured attractions. Um, this is uh, the Year in Horror 1986 Part 2. We're going to cover Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And that conversation I'll be in on with you guys. Manhunter, I had a very bizarre situation where I was watching it, and I realized that it skipped forward the copy I had, and I literally missed an hour of the film. So, um, although I have seen it once many, many years ago, and I have read the book, I might be able to kick in a little bit. But um, we'll start with Henry. Um, Arriving in Chicago, Henry, Michael Rooker, is... Oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. I've got bad notes here. <laughs> oh, boy. I wonder why it says Henry Michael Rooker. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me keep reading. Maybe this will make sense. In what is undoubtedly his finest performance of a patchy career. <laughs> did you, did you write this? Fucking, where did I get this? I went to the wrong spot. This is not a description of the movie at all. 
This is some idiot giving his two cents worth on fucking Michael Rooker, for fuck's sake. What site was this? All right. Let me let me let me let me read it without the fucking Hatchy <laughs> would, you, would you like me to just <laughs> Jesus give a Christ synopsis? <laughs> yeah, please give us a synopsis, Marcy. Please. This one yeah. sucks. All right. I'll try to I'll try to find one. Okay. Loosely this based terrible. on loosely based on serial killer Henry Lee Lucas. The film follows Henry, Michael Rooker, and his roommate Otis who Henry introduces to murdering randomly selected people. The killing spree depicted in the film starts after Otis's sister Becky comes to stay with them. The people they kill are strangers, and in one particularly gruesome attack, all three members of the f- they kill all three family members of a home invasion. Henry lacks compassion in everything he does and isn't the kind to leave behind witnesses. That one will do. That is one million times better. <laughs> okay, yeah, we we're gonna go with that one. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll just do that one. Uh, Apache Fuck <laughs> that person. What, what's that, Brian? Apache career. That is ridiculous. Fuck <laughs> whoever wrote that. I don't know. Fuck me for cutting and pasting it into our notes. <laughs> Okay, director John McNaughton, also known for Wild Things and The Borrower. Uh, writers were John McNaughton with Richard Fire. All right, and here's the trivia. Actor Michael Rooker remained in character for the duration of the shoot, even offset. That's scary. He, he did not associate with or socialize with any of the cast or crew during the month-long shoot. And director John McNaughton made sure Rooker was the only person on set to have a private dressing room. According to costume designer Patricia Hart, she and Rooker would travel to the set together each day. And she never knew from one minute to the next if she was talking to Michael or to Henry. Woo! (laughs) As long as Tom Tolles wasn't Otis after they was filming. Ooh, man, as sometimes he would speak about his childhood and background. Not as Michael Rooker, but as Henry. Um, Indeed, so in character did Rooker remain that during the shoot, his wife discovered she was pregnant. And she waited until filming. Henry's baby. My God, she waited until filming had stopped before she told him. Wow. That is insane. Marcy, what do you think about this movie? Oh, this is so, like, I don't want to be saying, like, this is one of my favorite movies because this is a fucked movie. But I do think it is one of the most brilliant pieces of cinema. I don't care if you guys disagree. It's all your opinions. I'm not going to get angry like Bede. Uh, um, you, can, you can say that here. Yeah. This is a safe space. Yeah, fuck off. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I saw this film, uh, would have been the early 2000s, going through my stage of um, watching controversial or banned films in Australia, and I managed to mm-hmm. um, kind of track this down to watch it, and I think it was a cut version. Um, and I was just like, so like, wow, this is so powerful. And it's bringing up all these emotions in me. 
And I wanted like the a proper uncut version. I think I had to go on eBay to get a Dutch DVD. Um, oh, wow. To get it. And funnily enough, Michael Rooker actually was at a convention here. And he was pretty much the reason I wanted to go to this convention. And I he see was fascinated. He was completely fascinated by my Dutch DVD. He'd never seen it. He's like, <laughs> I've seen so many versions of this. I haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. He was, you know, giving me hugs, having a chat, the coolest dude ever. Um, so that was awesome. But, yeah, I tracked down this fucking Dutch DVD. And, again, like, every time I see this film, I'm just – I'm stunned. I'm floored. And um, I, I mentioned it, I think, to you guys yesterday that uh, one of my, like, my YouTube videos, I talk about the two films that disturb me the most are not what um, are, uh, might not be what you think because everyone mm-hmm. says, you know, a Serbian film or blah, blah, blah. Yes. Like, no, fucking Henry. Henry is the fucking one of the most disturbing films I have ever seen. And it is because of this character of Henry. He's got, like... No humanity left in him. But when you see him in these normal moments where he'll be just having a conversation, you're kind of feeling sympathy for him. You could see this man as, like, you know, the guy that lives down the street, but secretly he fucking murders people without any fucking care in the world. Um, And it's one of, I think, the most impactful performances in cinema from Michael Rooker, but everyone in this movie just, I think, gets it so right. But, um, yeah, uh, I think this is just one of the most disturbing but brilliant pieces of cinema. Um, I definitely need to know what you guys think because I'm waiting for this movie with shit, Marcy. Oh, Brian, uh, you mind if I jump in? Go ahead. uh, Because you guys are going to have to talk about the next one since I missed an hour of it. So um, (laughs) let me get get my two cents worth in here. Um, I honestly thought at at certain parts of this that I was watching a snuff film, Um, even though I know Michael Rooker, um, and obviously I recognized Otis. I think he was like the sheriff or one of the deputies in House House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, if I remember correctly, that uh, I, he looked familiar. I'm I'm pretty he's sure he's been in a lot of things. He, he's been here and there, and I recognized him quite a bit. Um, the young woman that Henry either fell in love with or didn't fall in love with, because how can a sociopath fall in love? Um, didn't know her at all. Um, this, you nailed it. Super disturbing. Um, I just, and I'm a huge fan of Clockwork Orange, and there was a lot of that in here where it's just like, do your own thing, don't care about what, you know, what any of the, don't care about anything that it does to anyone else. Just a complete sociopath, uh, just an awesome performance for Michael Rooker, and the guy who played Otis was just amazing as well, and let's not, you know, let's not discount the, the actress. I mean, she was. Very good, and then when you started learning about her sad backstory, and then yeah. you saw that Otis was trying to do the same thing to her that her father had done, yeah. and um, just a really impactful film. I, um, I really, I really, um, I, I'm with you, Marcy. It's, it's, it's up there. It's a cinematic achievement. Um, but Brian is gonna is gonna tell us we're both crazy. 
Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it. I'm about to do. No. <laughs> uh, both of you are right. This is one of... It, 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 I put that up there with Texas Chainsaw Massacre because when I first seen that wow. one, you know, I had this kind of dirty feeling watching it. Just kind of mm-hmm. something I shouldn't be watching. Michael Rooker is fantastic in this and fuck that guy patchy career bullshit. This <laughs> this shows you I mean, there there's there's certain scenes like that frighten me in this. The 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 whole scene with the camcorder when they're dancing. Oh my god. And he, oh god, yes, yes. Just him trying to smile and act like he's enjoying what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. That whole opening sequence where he's just nonchalantly going about his day and then it just cuts to different dead bodies laying around. That that was frightening. Uh, Tom Tolls as Otis. That guy is the worst. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, I can at least say Henry had certain morals about him. <laughs> Because Tom Tolles, when when Tom Tolles is going after his sister and yeah, he has to pull right. her off and is like, yeah. no, no, right. that's your sister. Apologize. Right? Now. Like, you just murdered a whole fucking family or whatever, but he's like, I no, don't do that here. to your sister. Like, fuck Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, definitely one of the it, it's up there as far as uh, these type of films these psychological thrillers it, it's up there for me um just great cast great storytelling throughout uh, it it moves fast too i mean it is a short movie it's like a little over one hour and 20 minutes but it, it moves there's no dull time in this for me and i will say the 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 one guy selling the tv definitely deserved what he was getting because Man, that is just bad business. You don't speak to your customers <laughs> like that. Lance? Well, Marcy, you said that you uh, you didn't see it until like 2000 or so? Yeah, it would have been the early 2000s. Were, were, you, were you like purpose, purposefully avoiding it because you, you thought it was going to be disturbing? Or is it just like no, didn't show up on the radar? It just wasn't on my radar, I don't think. Um, okay. Sort of in my, like, late teens, early 20s. Like, I probably had seen it earlier. I just honestly can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I forget how old I am. I forget we're in the fucking 2021. I still think we're in the oh, 90s yeah. half the time. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was a phase where I was kind of learning about, like, just how much, like, stuff had been banned in Australia or cut um, you know, censorships. So I was getting into a lot of that, and that was one of the films I'd heard about, and um, it was just something I – it was really hard to track down at the time, so it was just a matter of me actually tracking it down. Um, okay. But I will sit through anything. Um, I mean, I – for example, I don't like a Serbian film, but I've seen that movie – three times and one was a, a cut version that they released in Australia which I was reviewing um, but yeah I will sit through absolutely anything but whatever the reason we 
which I always try to, you know, say it, um, and I have my video about it, but um, mm -hmm. this film just forever has stuck with me as being one of those most fucking disturbing. Like, Henry, to me, is one of the most disturbing characters because he's so unsuspecting. If you saw him walking down the street, you're not going to think he's going to be this murderer. It's just so unsettling in that way. And um, like you said, there's certain scenes where they're using like the hand the handheld camera that mm -hmm. makes it look like it's a real snuff film. Like mm -hmm. that's utterly fucking chilling. And just the way everybody performed it, like fuck. Yeah, and they just had so much glee doing it, you know? And they're yeah. like, well he, well, he was actually more of just, um, like you, I, I guess uh, as, Brian said he had morals. <laughs> I guess you could say a serial killer with morals, but Otis just he just completely manipulated Otis, right? Into uh, becoming part of part of this group, almost like a, a mm. kind of like a mini cult type, you know, leader. Yeah, uh, and it, it seemed Otis like, you know? obviously having um, you know, specific difficulties just goes along with it and takes it up to like this massive level. Like, if mm -hmm. you saw Otis walking down the street, you'd probably be like, I'm going to avoid that guy. Yeah, Because he does kind of look suspicious. But Henry, on the other hand, you're probably going to end yeah. up dead because you didn't avoid him. And, and, and isn't, that, isn't that what they say most serial killers are like? They look like yeah. the person next door? Yeah, exactly. That's a real sociopath right there, right? Stop talking the shit about you. my neighbor, then. Oh, you never yeah. know. It could be a Henry. <laughs> <laughs> he Henry wants to put me in his lawnmower. Oh, oh no. no, the lawnmower man. Oh. Let's not go there. <laughs> hey, let's leave Job out of this. <laughs> but this was this was a first time watch for me. But I I've oh, always heard about this movie, mm. and it's one it's it wasn't off my radar because I've been meaning to see it. And I just kind of like never got an opportunity for whatever reason, or there would be something else that I watched instead. But um, yeah, it's uh, it 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 made an impact. Like I said, this has been a very very traumatic week for me <laughs> um, <laughs> between all the stuff I've checked out. So I'm um, so fucked up. I did not need to rewatch this to talk about it because I've seen it that many times. <laughs> Brian, was it your first watch? No, I've seen this when I was too young to watch oh. it. So, <laughs> right, same impact, or uh, did it hit you harder this time? Uh, this time, uh, especially Otis and the the relationship with his sister, and then there was there was it was a long time since I've seen this, so I forgot about her. Just you know, when her and uh, Henry are sitting at the the dining room table, and he's just kind of opening up about her growing up and then he opens up about and that's why I shot my mother and she's like I thought she said you stabbed him he was like oh I did say that <laughs> I forgot all about that stuff yeah which kind of goes into um the real Henry Lee Lucas who was known for just making up whatever the fuck story so they just didn't know if he killed you know one person or six hundred people. Ah, okay, and that so that very much like, in tune with the character that they've portrayed in the film. That 
yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm. I I didn't I didn't know that part about Henry Lee Lucas, so that mm. that definitely makes sense when you when you put it that way. I mean, uh, story stream. I was I was reading and into you know true crime stuff since I was a kid. I was into this shit before it became mainstream cool in the last few years. Um, so. Well before anybody was into, like, learning about serial killers, I was, like, expert on all of them. So I've definitely known a lot about Henry Lee Lucas over the years. Right. Um, but one, of, one of the other things I wanted to uh, bring up with this film, and I think it's uh, probably the most kind of famous image, is the uh, when he's looking at himself in the mirror. Um I just think that's actually one of the most powerful scenes because it's like those moments where you're looking back at yourself and you're seeing it's it's definitely this self-loathing within within him because he's got no humanity left and I just think it's so impactful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Stuff. Even the scene before when she's like, "I love you," and he was like, oh, "I guess I do too." <laughs> At least he didn't say, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready for scores? Yep. Marcy, one one to ten. Uh, look, for me, it, it this is a film that gets uh, the perfect score. It gets uh, ten bodies in a suitcase. Out. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, do we mention the ending is just so fucking bleak? Yeah, right. and stabs you in the heart a thousand times. I, yeah, I was wondering, was that only Otis that he killed at the end? He was such oh. a sociopath. Are we sure that... Uh, yeah, it, it, it goes back to what we were saying. It makes you think, was anything he said was real? Yeah. Right? Was I, there really a sister like, with a horse ranch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, was the sister character actually real? And if she was, she was dead. He killed her. I would think so. Yeah, that that's my that's my takeaway on it. So wow, perfect ten. Yeah, for me. It's Holy a shit. Yeah, I'll um I'll go eight and a half. I mean, it's um probably um, looking back on 1986, there were a lot of good horror movies, but um this probably would have been on my on my top ten for sure. I mean, I don't know why I just now got around to watching it, but again, just felt so nasty after having seen it and just like it was time to take a bath and it really was like like watching something real like a like a snuff film not one to watch with the wife and kids (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) uh i'm going to be right in the middle and i'm gonna give it a nine and a half damn i think this is uh for any fan of the genre this is Required watching, definitely. Hundred percent. Man, all right. Sounds like we're all all in agreement. If you haven't haven't checked out Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer yet, you should. Absolutely. All right. We're gonna move on to Manhunter. Um, all right. Hopefully, this is a better description. Former FBI <laughs> profiler Will Graham returns to service to pursue a deranged serial killer dubbed the Tooth Fairy by the media. That's not really very comprehensive. (laughs) 
I don't know where I got these, but no more. <laughs> I've got to find a new source. Um, in case you didn't know, this is the first Hannibal Lecter story, so there you go. Before he met Clarice Starling, he met Will Graham. How about that? There you go. Uh, Director-writer Michael Mann, also known for The Keep. Uh, and I think we covered that one before, Brian, didn't we? The Keep? Yeah, I don't think a lot of us were fans of it. Well, I know it wasn't, it wasn't what I remembered it as as a kid, so... He he did do Heat, which I think everybody loves that. Great bank robbery scene. All right. During the film... Oh, now this is bizarre. During the filming of this movie... Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins was playing King Lear at the National Theater. During the filming of The Silence of the Lambs, Brian Cox was playing King Lear at the National Theater. (laughs) When the production could not get permission to film on board a commercial airplane... Writer and director Michael Mann booked his actors, actresses, and crew onto a twilight flight from Chicago to Florida, where the production was located anyway. A stripped—talk about snuff films—a stripped-down camera, lighting, and sound equipment were taken on board as carry-on luggage. <laughs> Pilots and flight attendants were appeased with gifts of movie crew jackets. How cool! <laughs> Bribery will get you everywhere. It did with this one. Um, so, uh, Marcy, what do you think about Manhunter? I am a massive fan of Manhunter. Um, again, I probably saw this around the same time I saw Henry, and I don't know why. Um, and uh, I can't remember if I saw Manhunter first or if I read... Uh, or if I had read Red Dragon first, but it would have been close together. And I've actually read that book, I think, twice. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually just thought this was uh, such a good film. It's a very different... I mean, like with Silence of the Lambs, we don't get a lot of Hannibal Lecter. And it is weird when you're used to, like, Anthony Hopkins to see someone else as Hannibal. Um And it is a very different kind of Hannibal Lecter. Brian Cox just plays it so differently. There's not this sophistication about him. He he looks more like he would be a serial killer, basically, with how he acts. But I just thought it was very clever and intense, Um, you know, crime, horror, thriller. Uh, I was very much invested in the characters. And um, I think Tom Noonan as the truth fairy one of the most, like, just fucked up, like, um, you know, killers in a film. Uh, I'd rank him up there on, you know, one of the more, like, disturbing um, on a list. Like, he just freaks me out. I I don't want to be alone with him. No way. Um, But I do like how it kind of you find out um, sort of, like, as the film progresses, you're learning more about uh, they're tracking this killer, blah, 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 but then we sort of focus more on the Tooth Fairy killer as it progresses, um, which I found was a different and interesting approach uh, with how they did it. And I thought um, uh, CSI guy, um, what the fuck's his name? 
Will, Will Graham? Well, what's the actor's name? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he used to be a lot of shit. Uh, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Was it um, William Peterson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he. That you know, sounds was, about uh, right. Uh, yeah, William Peterson. You know, was bloody um on CSI for years. Um, I thought he was really good as Will Graham. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's got, as I said, it's got a really good cast. You get Joan Allen shows up later. Dennis Farina is Jack Crawford. As I said, Brian mm-hmm. Cox is Hannibal. Um, Tom Noonan is uh, the Tooth Fairy Killer. It's even got Stephen Lang in there. Um, just yeah, top notch cast. Um, I thought this actually was. Uh, a really good way to kind of adapt the book, whereas I felt um, the Brett Ratner Red Dragon adaptation was more of a cash-in on using uh, Hopkins as Lecter. Like, I, I still find that a fairly uh, yes. decent, watchable okay. film, um, but I just think Manhunter is a lot better of a film. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, I adore this film. I just thought it was great from when I first saw it, and uh, my opinions haven't changed. I still think it's great. Um, and that said, I have not read any other bloody Hannibal Lecter books except Red Dragon twice. <laughs> and, uh, of course, in the Hannibal TV series, you get sort of the before of this with Will Graham and uh, Hannibal Lecter. So, the, you know, it's a good kind of companion piece, I guess, as well. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you like uh, it? Do you like the movie, Brian? Uh, yeah, um, actually, this is probably one out of the movies that involve Hannibal Lecter that I've seen the least, but I think it's one of the best, and it's off of the ah. performances of uh, William Peterson. I, I like his portrayal of Will Graham, because you definitely get a sense that not only his interactions with Hannibal Lecter, but his job just kind of takes a toll on him mm-hmm. and his family. Right. And then Tom Noonan as the Two Fairy Killer. Yes, he is frightening and <laughs> <laughs> great performance from him. Great performances from everyone except the fucking kid that plays Will Graham's son is the <laughs> worst in this movie. He has like no emotion. He's like a cross between like one of those village of the damn kids and <laughs> like one of those Hitler youth clone children Dude, from Jojo's Rabbit. <laughs> just that scene when he's waking up his mom telling him that I hear someone outside. He's just so lackadaisical about supposedly being scared about see- hearing somebody outside. And mm-hmm. he just kind of takes me out of it. But the, the I, I like the whole interaction between uh, Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter. I thought, uh, Brian Cox did a great job as Hannibal Lecter. Um, uh, the the whole uh, just trying to track down and just figure things out. I just love all those scenes with Will Graham where he's just studying everything, talking to himself, talking it out, you know, kind of talking to the tube fairy, right. you know, like, like, you know, he's having a, he's not there, but he's having a, com- a conversation with him. I, I just love all those scenes right there. And, yeah, and that's, um, that's very actually faithful uh, to the book because you, you're sitting there and he's actually, you know, doing that, that very same thing hmm. and kind of putting himself in, um, you know, the mindset of, you know, what, what's happened in the victims. It's very interesting. And I really think they did a good job of like translating that from from uh, page to screen. Yeah. 
So Thanks. better better than Red Dragon, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Ed Norton, that guy we, we <laughs> talked about. Oh, last, it was last Ed week. Norton, wasn't yeah. it? It was. <laughs> I can't that really like, uh, guys. It, it, I mean, uh, Ed, Ed Norton in that film, I think, was like a contractual obligation, and you could tell. <laughs> well, the last two weeks, I think uh, we've had conversations that the guy's an asshole, or perceived I, I to be an asshole. I think so. it's very well known he's a very opinionated and bossy man. <laughs> um <laughs> But look, I think Red Dragon's serviceable, but this is a right. really good fucking movie. It's, um, you know, I'd watch this, then, you know, Silence of the Lambs. Even with a different cast and everything, I think it just works better. Sure. Yeah, I, I read the book decades ago, so I, I don't remember it too terribly well. I, I, I remember liking Silence of the Lambs a little bit better. Uh, and then Hannibal was okay, and Hannibal Rising was fucking awful from what I remember but um, I again I can't really weigh in too much here guys I missed like an hour of the movie so <laughs> this is just you two do you, do you want to important bits you missed <laughs> oh, what, what, did, what did you think of the the beginning of the movie oh I loved it I mean well when they were sitting on a beach I was kind of like what the fuck is going on here I was kind of like <laughs> is this Jaws, Jaws 6 that we're watching or something like that but um <laughs> No, I, I did love Brian Cox's performance in the part that I saw. And then I remember when he made the phone call and he used the, the chewing gum wrapper. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. pulled the faceplate off so that he could call the operator. I thought that was just brilliant. Very that's, clever. That's their fault. I don't... Yeah. You just leave the room and leave him yeah, with his phone. Right. Like, what the fuck are you doing, people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. get to see... Um, the Tooth Fairy or Tom Not Newman. really. See, that's what fucking sucks, is because the the version that I watched, it cut off right at the point when, remember, they uh, he sent a message uh, to Hannibal, right? And then they translated it, and they put mm-hmm. the two p- pieces of paper over each other to yeah. read what it said and all that. And then it cut. And the next thing, you know, the next thing you know, the CSI guy was fucking breaking into the Tooth Fairy's house and killing Jeez. him. And like, what the fuck did I miss? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> I, I reminded you, you, him. I'm like, you, I got, got a, see, I got a bunk copy here. You got to see how unstoppable the Tooth Fairy was. I mean, he was <laughs> shooting people. He was holding a shotgun, shooting it with one hand. I guess. I guess, man. It's I, you know what the you know, you know what my biggest takeaway from this movie was was Brian Cox, um, mm. just as good a Hannibal Lecter. Well, e careful what you say. E ah, he was he was a great Hannibal Lecter. He is no Sir Anthony Hopkins, but very different. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I could kind of see the similarities too. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like the. The, the 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 just an absolutely absolutely brilliant serial killer and the thing I did like about Hannibal the book Hannibal which was at the third third one in the series is that he had actually escaped custody and he was like running around out there for a while um, and I, I I enjoyed that I, I remember enjoying that part of the books but again have have any of you read Hannibal Rising which was like the prequel I only seen the movie. Uh, don't bother. <laughs> it yeah. was really bad. I mean, it really might be bad. controversial for me to say, 
But I actually, and maybe it's because it was in a TV show. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot more. But Mas Mikkelsen is my favorite person. My favorite. <gasps> as Hannibal oh, Lecter. yeah, the TV show. I've never even seen it before. I, I've what? been. Yeah, I know, man. So you many guys, people sorry, no, check it out. No, we don't. <laughs> We're gonna put that on a T-shirt. You should fucking put that on a shirt. I'll design it for you. <laughs> Is it that bad? Is it, am I that bad for not having seen it? It's You're, that show's fantastic. It should have never been canceled. That's why I never started it because by the time people started recommending it, it got canceled, and I fucking hate it. That's why I quit watching season three of American Gods. I got two episodes in, and then I'm like, oh, it's canceled. And I'm like, well, fuck this shit. It's fuck you worth, all. It's worth the watch. Is it? The, they are one and two are very much like a self-contained arc. Okay. Um, all right. But the dynamics between, like, Will Graham and Hannibal, it's fucking intense. It's brutal. It's gory. It's beautiful. Like you're watching this show, and I'm like, okay, I'm well aware that these meals that Hannibal is making are not actually people, but if they were, they look so appetizing. I wouldn't give a shit. I'd eat it. <laughs> that's that's and, the show in a nutshell. <laughs> and aren't they aren't they supposed to pick it up? Is isn't someone supposed to pick uh, it up as either a movie or another series, Brian? Brian Fuller is actively pursuing bringing this back and i've had heard that him and mads make a lot of a lot of people are they they think it's going to happen well without question i for me he is my favorite hannibal okay he goes into areas of this character like unbelievable and i think it's because you know versus 18 minutes or whatever the fuck it is of screen time in silence of the land right. versus the whole tv show it makes sense we got mm. more hannibal in hannibal but i wasn't a massive fan of that um i, I think anthony hopkins like he's very chilling but i just think there's so many more layers that we get in hannibal that yeah all right it does uh, it does say available on Hulu, which I of course subscribe to since I pay for everything. So <laughs> I will check it out. At least watch the first episode and uh, I'd love to hear what you think. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, on on that show I really I really love the interaction between you get a lot of interaction between him and Will Graham. Oh, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, what's his name? He dancey he, he plays. Yeah. Will Graham, and he's fucking phenomenal as well. Okay. And you've got um, Lawrence Fishburne is Jack Crawford. Um, it's got a really good cast, this show does. Um, oh, my God. I've, yeah, I've heard I, I, so many great things about it. And they do bring up um, the Mason Verger character from Hannibal when, like, okay. younger. Well, sure, sure. storyline in there as well. Um, but just the way, the, where this show goes, I mean, I know it's not a fucking podcast about it, but it's so good. You know what? I think I avoided it because it was network TV. Wasn't it like on NBC or CBS or something like that? Oh, it, it, it is definitely not. It, it was, but it's not. Yeah, so how? It, how? How does it get away with it then? You see some fucking fucked up gory shit. Hmm. I and think the when it orig- I think when it originally aired, it came on super late. 
First episode is called Aperitif. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Oh, it's, I might... it's phenomenal. And I mean, Gillian you, Anderson's in it, Lance. She comes into it, yeah. I might actually watch it as soon as we're done recording tonight. Um, there you go. I mean, might you, check out you episode. liked, for some reason, you really liked the Pet Cemetery remake. I loved it. <laughs> loved yeah. it. I thought it was okay. Is, you know is this, they, um, are you trying to say this has something in common with that? Well, you know how they kind of bring in the Wendigo? There's Wendigo yes. in Hannibal, so there's okay. your connection. We'll see. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can. They, they do the Wendigo, except not disappointingly. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you guys ready for scores? 100% ready. Yep. Um... For me, because you know I, I score fucking out of five, so I'll translate my score. <laughs> <laughs> that guy translating Australian to English or whatever. Yeah, so, Wait, you guys do speak English for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, do we? I don't fucking know. Do you even understand me half the time? I think you guys spoke it. Before, I think you guys spoke it before we did. We probably did. <laughs> We're the most sophisticated English language speakers. Oh yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> um, my score out of five would be four and a half out of five, so I guess nine out of ten. All right. I Damn. fucking adore and love this film. I think it's one of Michael Mann's best films. Um, now that's saying a lot. Yeah, just amazing. I think because it is so different from like Silence of the Lambs, but very similar at the same time, I think they work better as companion pieces than, say, Red Dragon. But uh, yeah, that's my okay. score. Nice. Is it me, Lance? It's got to be you, man. I, I missed an hour of the movie. I <laughs> oh, you are going to score yeah. that first 30 minutes. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give it an eight. I'll there give you it go. an eight. Some Brian, um, Brian Cox performance. I am right there with Marcy. I'm going to give it a nine uh, based nice. off of the performances. And... I have to really think about this one. This might be one of Michael Mann's best. I mean, the man did uh, Heat, Last in the Mohicans. He, he's done a lot of stuff. He did. So I think this is up there for me. Wow, he is. Well, that's more unknown ones because no one ever brings this up. And I'm like, really? you know there's a Hannibal movie before uh, Anthony Hopkins? Yes, because everybody's thinking of the – Sir Anthony Hopkins films. Yeah. Right? That one was yeah. nominated, right? Mm. Yeah, but it's like, no, think about this one. It's so good. And when people talk about Michael Mann films, they never mention it. Mention this fucking movie, damn it. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Well, Marcy, Sorry, thank, you <laughs> thank, thank you so much for coming on the show since we were down down a couple of men. But, um, but we got a this. Super Marcy, which is better than... <laughs> Ten men, am I right? Yes. Uh, sorry, Philip and Nez, I'm just better than you. No. <laughs> no, thank you so much, guys. I'm glad I could uh, weasel my way into the podcast and happy to join so, you guys anytime. You never weasel your way. Come on. You're always super invited and you know that. So yeah. you, we talked about your shows, but where do you, where do you go to find the shows? Where do you go to find the uh, the website and all that? All right. Well, thank you for letting me plug my stuff. 
you can find this. This isn't after dark. Hold on now. Oh, shit. Plug, <laughs> but plug, no. Um, mm, uh, thank you for letting me talk about myself. Um, yeah, you can find the Super Network at our base of operations at supermarcy.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-M-A-R-C-E-Y.com. And you can find me on, uh, like, the Twitters uh, at Supermarcy. And you can just basically look up the Super Network and you find us on, like, Facebook. We've got our group, which we're always interacting with you guys and our group. So it's all the fun, all the good people. And pretty much any other podcast I mentioned earlier, you will find on all your podcast streaming platforms, except After Dark, which is the Patreon exclusive, which is at patreon.com slash the super network. Very nice. <laughs> and Mark, Marcus, uh, we have a we, we have a, a, a mutual friend, Marcus Will Turner. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, he does some writing for you guys, right? Yes. He is one of the newest uh, members of the Super Network team. It's pretty much been uh, Bede and myself for quite a while, uh, whereas others had um, contributed and stuff. But, yeah, Marcus has joined the team and he is uh, writing some reviews for us. And uh, when, you know, when we can schedule a podcast, he joins us on our show. And Marcus is one of the loveliest and just most beautiful human beings on the planet. He's he's mm-hmm. become like you know my brother from another mother. He's he's wonderful. So massive shout out to Marcus and many thank yous to Marcus for uh, his his wicked reviews. They're a lot of fun. So yeah, definitely check it out. Give him some love too. Yes, and Marcus sits down to write very well thought out hour two hour long reviews on films and bead spits water. In slow motion. Yes. yes, he does. So it's brilliant. This we know where. Get on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. We would love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. God willing, we're going to have a website soon. <laughs> uh, but anyway, just, I don't know, fuck Google us. What the hell? Um, next week. Brian, I've been praying, as you well know, for a bottom 10 movie possibility for the year. Mm -hmm. Am I not lying here? I've told you I've loved everything this year, right? Yeah. I think it's just because we didn't get anything last year, so we're just happy to to get something this year. (laughs) Well, with any luck, with any luck, and you guys can't see me right now, but I'm doing the sign of the cross. I'm doing a Hail Mary. I've got my rosary beads wrapped around me, and I have a cross etched into my forehead. And I'm looking toward the heavens, praying that I finally get a bottom 10 with next week's film. I don't think but, it'll happen. Because we fucking hated the first one, <laughs> or at least I did. I, I on a rewatch recently, have... Kind of, not completely, but kind of changed my mind on the movie. Yay! Oops. Well, I might be in trouble then. But next week we're going to check out Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh, Jesus, what a stupid title! <laughs> as well as 2000, 2009's Exam. So, uh, Brian, until the horror returns again. Good night.